Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Bootstrap Founder. Today, I'll take the opportunity and talk about consistency, accountability and perseverance. Let's get started. Two years ago, around this time, Danielle and I had just sold my SaaS, Feedback Panda. But we didn't just sell a business. I quickly learned that I had sold my source of passion and motivation as well. Someone else got to do what I had enjoyed doing so much. And I fell into a pretty bleak void, grasping for something else to do and that would allow me to be as helpful and productive as I'd been running the productivity SaaS for online English teachers. And only after selling the business did I understand how much joy I had felt just interacting with the customers and making their lives a little less stressful and building a valuable company in the process too. So there I was looking for something new. It was like two years ago. I recall the times before we started Feedback Panda and I read a lot and I listened to many podcasts and looked in all kinds of entrepreneurial communities. And that was something that really brought some something to mind for me because suddenly I knew what I wanted to do. It was time to stop consuming and time to start creating. And instead of learning from others, I wanted to teach what I had learned, finally, right? Because I had learned quite a lot in those two years of running the business. I knew that I was standing on the shoulders of giants who freely shared everything they knew. And now it was time to give back and allow others to benefit from what I had come to learn during my entrepreneurial journey. And that's when I decided to start a blog. And that's really all that was. I wanted to have a blog with a couple blog posts. It was supposed to be growing organically over time and something that would be under my control eventually, right? Leaving evidence of my work on the internet for many years to come. It's kind of what I wanted in the first place. Now, wanting to have a blog and actually running one are very, very different things. It was pretty easy to get started. I made a giant list of all the topics I wanted to write about. Then I picked a few and wrote about them. I spent maybe a week on this. And those few articles became the seed content for the blog when I launched it. But I quickly also understood why so many blogs are abandoned after a while. It's hard to write on a schedule. And it's hard to create consistently. I always prided myself on being so lazy that I quickly built automated systems to do what I didn't want to do manually. It was kind of my developer trait. And it's a great trait in a software engineer. We have the tools and the problems we face are usually solved more efficiently by automation anyway. But this wouldn't work with creativity. If I want to come up with something insightful and instructive every week, I can't just automate that. I need to show up every week and create. So automation was out of the picture, but there was one more thing that I knew that could help me, and that was externalized accountability. I needed people that expected me to deliver every week, and I needed them around me. I needed them to wait for my work to show up for them on a schedule. So I needed a newsletter audience. So I started the newsletter, it's pretty straightforward. I knew that if I were just starting a newsletter and there was one person subscribed to my newsletter at any given point, that would motivate me to keep it going. And for as long as I had that single subscriber, I promised myself and my subscribers to show up every week with something that would be worth their time. And I externalized this motivation for being consistent to an audience of eager readers. Content-wise, I started with a newsletter that contained all kinds of things. It was links and shoutouts and a few thoughts and a link to my article. It was a good mix. I got a lot done. I got a lot in there. But 
I have since really simplified this. My weekly writing project became the sole content of the newsletter. Got rid of the links, got rid of the shoutouts, and I do that on Twitter anyway, and the newsletter is really just for the content. And this was my first foray into content recycling, and it has been met with a lot of approval. Because I found that people consume content in vastly different ways. Some people love to browse blogs, just whenever they have time, and some people have RSS readers, so they get immediate notifications when stuff comes up. Others prefer their weekly reading to happen in their email feed and to get it at one particular point in the week, no matter um, yeah, no matter when it's released, really. And then others don't like reading at all. A few of my followers told me about this, that they don't enjoy reading or they can't read. And I understood that they needed to be able to consume my content in another medium. So I started a podcast, effectively reading my articles, like narrating them into a microphone. And there I was using one piece of content in three ways, almost immediately after I had started the blog, a couple weeks after when I started the the, um, podcast. Uh, I would use one piece of content as a blog post, as a newsletter issue, and a podcast episode. And I would cross-link all of these mediums. So the newsletter would link to the podcast and the web version on the... Um, yeah, in the newsletter itself, the podcast had links to the website and the newsletter sign up on the, the podcast episode page. I host that on Transistor FM and they have a nice little text segment description, essentially, show notes, right? And the blog post would have the podcast episode embedded in its uh, in the website itself. So you can play the podcast right on every single article that I write. And there would be a sign up widget for the newsletter right beneath it. So every single version of my content links to the two other versions of the content. And that is important. Because I made this so that people could quickly find their preferred way of consuming my content and then just stick with that. And that's a pretty solid system that um, seems to retain people quite a bit because it's the best way for them and they can quickly find it. All right. Now that I had this distribution system figured out, I still needed to come up with relevant and refreshing content every week, right? Because the distribution, as we know, is everything for some people, but it's definitely not everything for a creator. There needs to be something valuable. And I needed to write an interesting article about anything, whatever I could come up with. But thankfully, and I mentioned this a couple times already, I'm quick to build systems. And this may be one of the most significant learnings from running Feedback Panda, the SaaS business that Daniela and I built. Anything that can be automated or documented should be automated and documented. So I try to do this with anything in my process just to make it easier and more reliable. And I'm just going to share a couple ways of the processes and tools that I use to get my work done reliably week after week. Just a couple bullet points here, I guess. The first thing is to try to understand your audience. And that's what I'm doing with mine. I understand my audience using a tool called Get the Audience by Matthias Bohlen. Um, Getting insight into what people are talking about is incredibly useful when it comes to understanding what I should be writing about. I want to see what conversations people are already engaging in. And if I have something meaningful to say about this, I want to be the person writing about this just a couple days later. And the best tools for that are just either having good lists on Twitter or using designated tools like get the audience to figure out what people are talking about. And um, that that's the kind of the, the input side. And then there's the output side, right? The communicating of my new articles, my newsletter, my podcast episodes. And I'm using Hype Fury for this by Sami Dindan and uh, Yannick Weiss. Most of my Twitter content is scheduled as I want to reach a globally distributed audience. And this tool tweets for me while I sleep. 
And if I want to, I'm now in the, the Eastern time zone, right? So I want to reach my Indian audience in my early morning and I want to reach my European audience during my day, obviously my North American and South American audience uh, during my afternoon. And, you know, the tool makes it very easy to just schedule stuff at different times, have it be auto-retweeted in other time zones. It's really, really useful. And knowing that there's a system that does this automatically for me means that I know that my reach is going to be at its peak whenever and whatever I talk about and whatever I um, yeah, want to share with my following and my audience. Now that's the output, right? We have input, output. Now anything in between. I have a giant list of content one-liners in a Notion database. Whenever I come across an interesting idea, topic, or a concept, I just throw it in the list. And every week I browse my list and I see which of these ideas feels ripe enough to be written about. And Notion is really, really useful because that's my next thing that I do. I pre-outline my articles. And in Notion, it's really just converting one of these one-liners into a page and then putting the outline for the article right in there. It's still in the list, but now it's a page, not just a piece of text, and I can add more information. And often weeks before I write the actual article about any particular topic that ends up in my newsletter and my podcast and wherever, I take a few minutes during random times of the day to collect my general thoughts on that particular topic, and then I write a little outline for the future article. It's just a few bullet points, enough to hint at what the contents of the article might be, but I do this for a few articles at a time if I have the time, and I re revisit those outlines quite often. This allows me to start my writing from a pre-warmed outline when it comes to actually writing the article. There's no need to fear the empty page when I already have an outline on the page, right? It's this kind of fear um, writer's block, I guess, that people have when they have like an empty page in front of them. I never have that because there's at least a title or an outline with like five bullet points or maybe already a couple paragraphs that I wrote when I had an inspirational moment during my week. And that is kind of how I make it easier to write from a from a creative perspective. And then there is making writing easier from a transactional perspective too. Because when it comes to distributing my content, I have templates. I um, create using templates and I have a lot of text templates and similar things as well. I record using Adobe Audition and I have a template there for the podcast with all the intro music and the stuff like that. So I can just really record what I want to talk about and then quickly generate the final product. I have text templates for my newsletter, particularly for the footer and for any potential sponsorship fragments, so I don't have to come up with these things again, time, time and time again. I have templates for my weekly content tweets and for common questions that come uh, in responses to those tweets. Like, where can I find your newsletter? I don't want to type this stuff all over again, so I have all of this in... I think I'm using Alfred and the clipboard history, so I have all of these things at a clipboard somewhere. <laughs> Just need to like look up a certain word and then the whole fragment is there. And obviously there's a Notion file or a Notion page somewhere with all these templates in there as well. And then lastly, I have days for writing. Days for recording, days for editing, and days for packaging. Monday is my writing day. And if it's not enough, part of Tuesday as well, I record my podcast episode on Wednesday, finishing up the editing for everything on Thursday. And then I schedule all my weekly content on Thursday as well. Friday is my publishing day, and then I just talk about what I've written on social media and push my content to my audience. On the weekend, I uh, grill a lot of steaks and I enjoy the birds in our backyard. There's no like, scheduled stuff on the weekend, obviously, but a structure like this allows me to focus on the individual parts of the process while still having some wiggle room. I'm recording this on a Thursday. I said I usually record on Wednesdays, but Wednesdays was a, was a busy day this week, so Thursday it is for me. 
But that's perfectly fine because if you have a, a time window of two days and you miss the first day, well, you know, the next day it has to happen, right? That, But still, it's a time window in the week. I wouldn't record earlier than that. And I don't want to record later than that either because then it would be Friday and I would have to release already. So most importantly, during all of this, I engage with my reader audience. Right? During my input phase, where I get my topics, my output phase, where I talk to people uh, about what I've written, written about, during my in-between, where I source my ideas, where I clarify my ideas, where I write, it is always paramount for me to focus on my audience and see what they think. I ask them about the topics that I'm researching, I engage with them when they talk about what I wrote in response to that, and then I source my future topics from conversations that are already ongoing in the community. And a reader recently asked me, what are the most important specific behaviors to practice consistently to build an audience on Twitter? And I really want to give a simple answer to this here because it really fits. I observe and I take notes. I listen. I engage as a peer among peers. I have conversations with people on their level because that's also where I am. I'm not better or bigger than anybody else. I'm just a founder trying to understand how the world works, right? And I then use all of this to write something meaningful and I automate posting and retweeting the kind of transactional things so I can reach my global audience because we all have a global audience at this point. And if we don't, then we're missing something because everybody out there, no matter where they're from, should be interested in what you have to say. doesn't matter if they're local or on the other side of the world. If you have anything to say, it's going to be valuable to people from wherever. And maybe... One more thing here, because, you know, audience building is about brand and projection and all that kind of stuff. Most importantly for me, I don't project anything that I'm not. I interact with my followers and my audience members the same way I talk to friends and colleagues. Like I said, same level, right? We are all peers in this. We're all people having the same goals, the same dreams. We may be at different stages, but we're all the same people, essentially. And I'm very aware that my brand is my authentic self and I try not to change that. And this authentic self being my personal brand allows me to do a couple things. I can write about anything I want. It's awesome because as long as I'm honest and based on experience and stuff is important to me, I can write about it and there's something meaningful in there. And my readers expect that from me. And I've come to expect that from myself. Like I said, externalized accountability. It kind of comes back at you. And I found my voice in my writing because I neither imitate anybody else, nor do I talk down to anyone. I share with my readers the same way I'd share with lifelong friends. If I know something, I'll tell you. I'm going to be excited about it, and I'm going to maybe be a bit too excited, but it's still the same level that I would talk to friends is how I talk to my audience. Because I consider the people that listen to me that spent their valuable time listening to this podcast or reading my newsletter or my article to be friends. like. It's just like they give something, their time, to consume my content. was wonderful. And I'm building, I want to build a relationship with every single one. Hence, I talk to them as if they were my friends so they can become my friends. And I try to be the least possible amount of pretentious in my work. And most of the time that works. Maybe sometimes I, um, yeah, okay. That's just, you know, pretentiousness is hard to avoid when you're teaching because sometimes you think you know better. And I remind myself constantly that I do not. I just know, or I claim to know. And now it's up to me to prove that I do and to make people's lives better. And that's really what I understand to be at the core of consistency. It's feeling accountable to those that I choose to serve and empower and to actually serve and empower them. 
there are many Mondays where I feel like I can't write anything meaningful that day. And then I remember how many times a happy reader has reached out to me after reading what I thought was a mediocre article and not my best. Their joy in having learned something new reliably blows me away when I didn't expect it. And it makes those days much easier, those days when I can't write. I just stick to my schedule and I trust the systems that I've put in place. That's really where perseverance comes in. Because my biggest battles are the ones that happen exclusively in my mind. I fight with imposter syndrome regularly. I often consider myself to not be enough of an expert to talk about things in public. And then I look at those things, those feelings, and I dismiss them. And I write about the topic anyway. Because today, I have 99 topics that I wrote about, and people enjoyed my work. So why would I not write another one? Consistency fuels consistency. And accountability externalized or internal, helps to stay the course. It's perseverance that allows you to fight through those dark days. And if you combine all of this, you have a system that works for creative ambitions. It certainly works for my creative ambitions. I'm quite sure it will also help you adapt it to your own needs and circumstances, right? Your voice will be different. The content will be different. Your distribution strategy will be different. Not much, but a little. But the system of consistency, accountability, and perseverance if you combine them and if you strive for all three of them, usually gets you good results. And that's the whole point. You just keep doing that, right? You keep at it. You, the world is a, the world of business at least, is an infinite game. And the best move in an infinite game is the one that keeps you playing. And I've tried to make as many of these moves as I could. And sometimes, most of the times, something interesting happened. In the beginning, I felt like I needed to stick to a schedule because that was the strategy I had set up. And I compelled myself to write every week to build up the consistency muscle. And over time, this feeling that I needed to write transformed into a want. I started to really enjoy going through the research process every week. And even on those days when I felt like my writing was a little bit off, I learned um, that it didn't matter. I just leaned into my trust. And the trust in the process quickly made me start to enjoy writing, even on those days. And yes, in the beginning, I felt like I needed to write, and now I want to write every week. My self-doubt has a much harder time showing up when I do what I love. So consistent work pushing through the hard days and showing up for the people I want to serve and empower made it possible for me to love what I do and to do what I love on my schedule without changing who I am. And I hope that I get to do this for many hundreds of more episodes. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Boots of Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at avidkahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrappedfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you want to support me in a Boots of Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.